fellas uh, we've got another edition of cutting nets it was good it's crazy i was gone for one week it feels like i haven't seen you boys in like five years you know uh went to uh sam houston last week had a lot of fun shout out to leo for holding things down uh while i was away but now we're back we're ready to rock and i, I mean I'm, I'm looking at the calendar last night selection sunday is two weeks from tomorrow march the 13th uh march the 15th the first four march the 17th the first round of games begin happy saint patrick's day that'll be a lot of fun i'm sure for people out there <laughs> those, those first four uh those first games and as of the end of today as of saturday night the conference tournaments will be set in the Atlantic Sun, Big South, Horizon, Missouri Valley, NEC, Ohio Valley, Patriot, Summit, Sun Belt, WCC. The Southern Conference will be done Sunday. The CAA will be done on Monday. Those conferences will be done. Those co conference tournaments will be set. And it starts to feel real, guys. It starts to feel like we are there for the big, the big dance. March Madness just a few weeks away. And we have a beautiful slate of games to dive into for you today and we kick things off with purdue michigan state we've got Beho here we've got gentry here we've got eric here this morning and we are going to head through the saturday slate of games now remember i plug these lines in immediately so a lot of these are opening lines they may have tweaked a little bit or shifted a little bit in the last 12 hours or so since uh, we initially posted them Purdue, Michigan State. Eric, let's start over with you. We got a hot Purdue team. They won nine of their last ten. They're tied for first in the Big Ten. It's a big day for both Purdue and Wisconsin. They're trying to uh, to win the to win the conference to win the regular season title. They're playing against a Michigan State team that's kind of the opposite right now. They've lost seven out of eleven. They've lost five out of their last six. They lead the Big Ten with over thirteen and a half turnovers per game, and their leading scorer. He doesn't know how to score anymore. Gabe Brown, in his last 10 games, he's averaging 6.6 .6 points per game and under 32% from the field. Any opinion in this Purdue-Michigan State game today, Eric? Once it got up to five, I locked in Michigan State plus five. I put a little on the plus 180. Um, great situ situational spot. Yeah. Michigan State couldn't throw it in the ocean against Iowa. They're getting plenty of good looks. They just couldn't hit anything. On the flip side of that, Purdue plays Wisconsin at the beginning of the week, and basically whoever wins that is going to win the Big Ten. So it's a great situational spot to fade Purdue. Also, you look at defensively, Purdue is 209th defending the three-pointer. Michigan State is second in the Big Ten defending the three-pointer, and Purdue's only 118th in defensive efficiency. They don't cause many turnovers. That's when one of Michigan State's um, issues. Also, the Breslin Center is going to be rocking. What they do every the second to last home game is they have senior like non-basketball player senior senior day so if you're a senior you're there you're allowed to come down to the floor at the end kiss the s i expect breslin to be rocking i like michigan state to get back on the right track today gentry uh, purdue michigan state important game in the big 10 i mean you know with the spread kind of moving up to five uh i i, I tend to agree with eric uh michigan state being at home but michigan state has been just rotten uh you mentioned yeah. it losing seven of their last 11 it's not you know anything against them or i just kind of feel like Izzo might have the you know post-game handshake line issues of the big 10 than he is you know winning at this point in a way it's as crazy as that sounds I, I mean purdue's you know middle of the year i didn't really believe in purdue 
and and I'm, I'm they're starting to make me come around a little bit, and uh, you know that's why I kind of omitted this game from my pick list. But um, you know it, it should be an interesting matchup at, at Michigan State. If, if, I, if I was going to take it, I'd probably take the dog here. Uh, take take Sparty. Yeah, Beho, it's up to five now, and uh, I I feel like this game is probably a close game. I wouldn't be shocked if Purdue wins, but up at five, I'll probably lean Michigan State now at home. Um, in, in a it feels like a must-win game for them, a game where they have to get right, get a little confidence right, because they've been playing really poorly as of late. I think they started the season fourteen and two and five and zero in the Big Ten, and here's where they sit now at eighteen and nine, nine and seven overall. Any opinion in this one for you, Beho? Yeah, I mean, you guys know I've been fading Michigan State for the past month. Like, yeah. It's like every week we get on here, we're like, oh, they've got to turn it around, and they just continue to lose and lose and lose. That being said, like Gentry, I've never been high on Purdue. It sounds like he's coming around. I'm not. I- I'm still not sold on Purdue yet. Um, I think Eric's right. I think this is a prime situation for Michigan State to to pull off an upset. I am am doing a little something that I like to do when, look, if the game just plays out normal, Purdue probably wins this game by double digits. But it's at Michigan State. Um, Eric talked about the seniors getting to kiss the ass afterwards. That place will be rocking. It feels like one of those atmospheres that's prime for an upset. So I'm going to take the money line and not the points because I don't know that they'll cover five if they don't win the game. So I would rather just take the value on the money line. And if they, you know, I run the risk of them losing by four and me looking like an idiot, but I just feel the values there over the minus 110 getting five points. We will move along to a game that I know you fellas will be interested in. And I, uh, I'm sort of glad Chase isn't here to talk about this game, mainly because I was going to blast Arkansas a little bit. And not even in the case of like playing and winning this game, but they're a team right now that's starting to catch a little bit too much fire and a little bit too much buzz. You started to look at like the situations for them. They, uh, they've had a pretty tough string of games. They won one of them in overtime. There was another game recently against Florida. I watched that Florida game earlier this week. Florida was up by six with about four minutes to go in the game. They had three of their final six possessions where their guard took two shots that went off the backboard. He threw one shot up with like three seconds, like have gone, had gone off of the shot clock and they were down by three. And he took like a 35 footer. It was like, I I don't know if I had seen someone with a brain lapse like that in a big moment in a really long time. And so that game sort of really shifted late because three possessions that Arkansas basically just turned the ball over are three possessions that Florida just turned the ball over. Arkansas, I think, hit threes on all three of them. Yep. And that just flipped, completely flipped the late part of that game. You dig into Arkansas, they're 18 and 10 against the spread, which is something that's probably going to even out a little bit. Now, they've won three in a row in 12 of their last 13. But this is the stat that that I thought, Eric, this is something that we kind of dig into in football, you know, and, and things that are not able to be sustained. Since January 15th, They've won seven conference games in which they were tied or down at halftime. That's pretty nuts in a month. They've come back seven times where they've been either down or, or tied and they've won in the second half. Now that's impressive, 
in that they fight, they battle, they make some second half adjustments. But that's one of those things where when you dig into each of those games, they've been a little bit lucky. And I'm lucky, fortunate is probably a better word. Because even today, you look at this game, do I think they're better than Kentucky in any way, shape, or form? No, I don't. But they might be catching a Kentucky team that could be without two starters. You know, so when we dig back into this game again, we could look at Arkansas, a team that puts together this incredible run. But you you look at a lot of these games and you look at the run, even if they win today, I think they're going to be a little bit overvalued in the coming weeks and heading into the tournament off of this stretch. And, you know, let's start with you here, Biho, in this Kentucky game. What do we know about Washington and Wheeler? I mean, they still were able to win without these guys before, but this would be a tough game and a tough spot to try to do that. Yeah, I mean, Coach Cal uh, apparently is like me and hasn't seen Ty Ty or Severe. That keep, that's what he keeps telling the media when they're asking him what's their status. He's like, I don't know. I haven't seen him. Like, I don't know how he hasn't seen him. He sees him every day. But um, one, one thing I will point out, you know, these guys, Severe and, and Ty Ty, have now been out uh, two straight games. Um, and Kentucky has seemed to figure out a way yep. to play offense without them. Yeah, you know, earlier in the year they had that LSU game, and then well, it's different what, when it happens in the middle game. of the game, right? Exactly. It will, and that's what I was going to point out. Like they didn't have time to prep and figure out how to run an offense. They mm -hmm. knew they were going to be out. They figured out how to run an offense. They've rattled off two really nice wins. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I think Severe Wheeler plays today. I, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't play. Um, you know, I think his injury is a little less than Ty Ty's. Um, Ty Ty's probably not going to play, I would say. But again, you know what they always say, Gino? Don't poke the bear, right? So Arkansas, it up in, in, in well, the restaurant. Did, did, yeah. So not only that, that. they 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 released a, a form telling students not to rush the court that the team would come up and and celebrate with them in the stands you if they won. Get ahead of yourself like that, man. Like That's yeah, like look, you think look, Cal sat in that restaurant and I'll give him credit, he took it cuz he loves being the heel. Let's be honest. Cal on, loves being like the heel. That's like going out on a date and you bring and you you, you know you're packing a couple extras, you you know you don't want sometimes I didn't want to put myself in that position where you put the pressure on yourself where you've got your protection out there when you're on a date, right? Because yep. now you're already like you're getting the cart ahead of the horse and stuff. You don't gotta do that, you know. And but I, I know, that, man. And I know. and that restaurant started calling the hogs and you could just see the smirk, the smirk. on his face. He loved and, it. and it always reminds me of that uh little documentary they did and and Cal says, you know, you hate me because I come to your town and I beat your team. <laughs> and uh, I just feel like there's going to be so much emotion in this game. Arkansas is probably going to come out. They're probably going to catch fire right away. But at the end of the day, Kentucky's going to find a way. I'm taking Kentucky on the money line today, especially if I find out before the game that Ty Ty and Severe playing, I'll hammer it. Eric, I think it's around two and a half or so right now. Total in this it's up game. up to three. And the totals trickled down now. I'm seeing around 144 and a half or so. Uh, did you play anything here, Eric? I didn't play anything. I'm. I gave out Kentucky 22 to one on this yeah. to lock in for a future like a month ago. And I'll be honest, 
for that, I hope Wheeler and Washington don't play just mm-hmm. so that way they, they peak for it. Um, I really think in terms of basketball, I don't know if Arkansas is anyone that can handle Toshibwe. Did I say his name right? Yep. I don't think Arkansas. Yeah. Is, I don't think Arkansas is anyone that can handle him down low. So if I were would to play, I'd take the two and a half with Kentucky, but I didn't play anything in this game. You know, to add to your little twenty-two to one thing and and wanting them to be out, the one thing that scares me though for for you in that situation is if they are out and they drop this one, they fall behind Arkansas in the SEC tournament makes it a little bit harder road for them. And I I think they have to be a one or a two seed. And I just don't want them to fall out of that for you because they fall into the three seed. They're going to start worrying about some, some tougher matchups early on in the tournament. So, you know, if I'm sitting on 22 to one, I, I want them to be a one seed badly. Yeah. yeah and I uh. wonder if, when they miss players, Gentry, it's something that they the committee will sometimes take into account. You know, if this is a game where they miss, where they they lose a tight, they game. they do for Duke at least. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and yeah. they will for Kentucky too. This year, this year they will because you're you're a good team. I think we all can tell that you're a good team and you're pretty deserving of a top two line. I would say. Where do you stand with this game, Gentry? Well, it's it's one because of the uncertainty about the guards for Kentucky. I I, I I've really didn't make a pick on my own. Uh, but, you know, when you kind of look at it historically, you know, when you see Kentucky as a dog, you take Kentucky. Because that's just like Brian said, you're poking the bear. You're, you're, you're giving them a reason to get up for the game, essentially. And it's just kind of one of those things here, as good as Arkansas has been playing, you know, they – you mentioned their game against Florida. Well, they, they kind of got lucky that <laughs> – that Florida played so bad down the stretch. It wasn't really what yeah. they were doing. It was what Florida was doing. Completely um, agree. And, but, you know, it's – my worry isn't the injuries and it's or the long-term. And I mentioned this, I guess, when they went to Alabama and played, and I was worried about Kentucky in that game. Um, but here, the one thing I would take away, especially if Ty Ty and Wheeler are out, at the you know the, the last five minutes, well, not even five, more like three and a half, four minutes, when LSU started pressing the hell out of Kentucky, and we couldn't inbound the ball, and you know, all of a sudden our our lead goes from whatever it was double digits down to you know four, five, six, whatever it ended up being in the LSU game, and it was just our guards looked like deer in headlights for the last few minutes of that game, and I'm, my worry is Arkansas comes out hits them hard early, and you know, we just don't really get up off the mat. But, you know, I, I think we're more resilient than that, honestly. But it's it's one of those things where if we get a big hole early, I don't think on the road we're without those two guards good enough to come back. Yeah, Whereas at home, the crowd yeah. kind of keeps you in it, keeps you, you know, up. Uh, you know, it, it's on the road in the SEC is tough, and especially at Arkansas. So. Game shape will be uh, important today. Arkansas, yeah, they're very good at home, 15-1 and one so far. We move along to Texas, West Virginia. Texas was a three-point opening favorite on the road at West Virginia. Texas 12-16 and 16 against the spread. West Virginia, they have lost five in a row. They have lost 12 of 13. And they are now 11-17 and 17 against the spread. Texas is coming off of a win against TCU now. They did beat a TCU team that was playing their third game in five and a TCU team – that's going to be playing their fourth game in 10 days that we're going to find out uh, a little bit later on at home against Texas Tech. Texas, West Virginia, let's start with you, Eric. Uh, 
man, Huggy Bear was furious after that last game. He was talking about execution. I mean, just saying things that are not positives in the locker room. But this feels sort of like that. If you're going to play West Virginia at all, this might be the spot. Do you, did you go back to West Virginia one more time? I sipped the Kool-Aid. I took on a West Virginia plus three. Yeah. Um, Texas has struggled this year on the road. They're three and six. Um, this is a team that's really hard for me to trust. I'm going to look to fade in the NCAA tournament. Me too. They're 204, 241st, 241st nationally in scoring offense, 170, 167th in field goal, 275th in three-point shooting. They just can't score. Elite defensively, they just can't score. I know West Virginia has been a train wreck this year offensively, but they're still 42 in the na- 42nd in the nation in causing turnovers. I think they're going to be able to cause some turnovers, get some free get some free buckets in transition. And plus, Texas has Baylor on, on deck. Good situation. I'll sip the Kool-Aid. I'll give Huggy Bear one more time. Those are my two uh, real angles in this game. It's not as it's not like a pro West Virginia thing. It's mainly that I, I'm a little anti Texas. I'm a little bit anti some of their wins. Like I just mentioned, the game against TCU, I think looks a little bit inflated. I think this game is close. And I think West Virginia can keep it close. I don't think they're good in any way, shape, or form. This is a little bit more anti-Texas than it is anything pro-West Virginia for me. Beho, West Virginia, Texas, any opinion here? Now, first off, this is the Big 12. 12. So let me start with that. And normally I'd pass. But there's a couple spots that I don't pass. And that's fade West Virginia is one of them. (laughs) Um, Again, I feel like I've – I'm taking crazy pills because, Gino, this reminds me of Truffles 2 and You're in Trouble Hanover, where every week we come on this show and I keep hearing you guys tell me that West Virginia has to start winning. There is a major issue in that locker room. I've oh, been there telling is. You, there has to be. There is. And, and I, they don't need to understand. I need them to keep it close at home. It's three, so it's basically a win, but I'm not – this isn't – a situation where I would never play them on the road. I would never play them in a game where I felt like they were a favorite. I would never play them in a game where I even felt like they had to win. I mean, they just got to sort of keep this game close enough. Like I said, it's more for me anti-Texas than it is anything getting excited about West Virginia and what's going on there. I think Texas is just coming in a little bit overvalued off of some of their recent success. So I don't, I don't disagree with you in, uh, in that West Virginia isn't, someone I'd get excited about, but I, I think this is the moment for them with, with a big game left on their schedule at home, Texas with a big game coming up on the road next week to look ahead. Eric kind of hit on all the spots. So now you're, you're right. This is, this is something that again, we might look back on afterwards. Like Eric said, we might've drunk, drank that Kool-Aid and uh, walked off the ledge together, but Eric, I'm walking off that ledge with you, buddy. You, you, you pass that Kool-Aid on over to me. And we take a um, sip together, my friend. I mean, I mean oh, shit away from me. I, there's no way in hell I'm drinking that. That God. look, West Virginia is dead last, and what so I would call an overrated. Don't you love the beautiful red colors? It's no, it's no. There's there's nothing to like. And, and my problem this time of year, guys, is when you're making picks, you got to take teams that are kind of playing for something. There's nothing for them to play for at all. I mean, done. Barring barring them winning that them winning the Big Twelve tournament, it's it's over. So I mean. I, you I think know, it, Texas, the only thing is the fact that they're playing Texas. And yeah, people do get up to play Texas, even though it's not the, you know, the basketball powerhouse of a Kentucky, Kansas, New, North Carolina, you know, but it's, it's still, 
you know, one of those schools that you see that name and you just go, ooh, okay. But that's the only reason I would give West Virginia any shred of hope in this game because it's just Texas – you're right. They don't score, right? They struggle to score, but they guard, and that's that's a product of their coach. That's what their coach did when he was at Texas Tech before he went to Texas. You know, that's you know that's kind of his mo. And I'm kind of looking at Texas is even though they're not very good offensively, they're kind of turning into what that coach wants them to be now, like at the end of the season. And I for that reason alone, I would take Texas. You know, minus three. And again, guys, like I, I didn't really finish up. Like these teams have played already, and Texas beat them by fifteen out at Texas, but that was actually before West Virginia kind of started this down spiral. Like that kind of was right there, and and since then it's just a different team. You're telling me I can get a twelve point difference just by going to West Virginia if West Virginia was actually winning at home. I, I would I, maybe I'd give it, but they're just not winning anywhere. But see, see but and here's the thing: we may, like I said, we may come back a few hours later, and and what Beho said might be true. But there's a reason why those casinos are built out there in Vegas. It's yeah, no, people, no, you know You're what I mean. Right. It's because but, people but, look at things like that and say, "Wow, it looks too easy." How is West Virginia uh, only a three point dog at home? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I think it is because we get a little bit overvalued with like like that. We're looking at Texas coming off of a stretch of games that they maybe look a little bit better. And and for me, Beho, like you're right. Like th- this is what happens sometimes with you know the difference between guys who want to play the lines and the number movement versus what are we seeing on the court because it's it's so hard to back West Virginia with some of the things you've seen on the court. Now I will give them a little credit for their last game. They played pretty well until the final minute when they couldn't execute. And that was what I sort of liked because because um, Huggy called them out. He said they never did anything I asked them to do. I drew it up for them twice. It was very simple. It's ridiculous that 22, 23-year-old guys can't do the right thing. Frustrating, man, frustrating. Yeah, well, now, I, I, I'll say this. I, I hate to uh, you know spend this much time on this game. Sure. Huggy Bear can go eat shit because at the beginning of the year, he called Oscar Shibway lazy. Now, is anybody in the country think Oscar Sheway is lazy and doesn't want to work hard? Because that's no. insane. So Huggy Bear can eat it. I, I've kind of lost a little respect for him after he said that about Sheway early. And, and, and I don't one, like talking one other about thing, other players. I, like, talk it, about your own players. I, I know I'm not a big fan about, like, talking yeah. negatively about other players. If you want to praise them, great, you know. But with the Vegas thing you said in the line, I still think West Virginia's name is a name the general public recognizes. And they're going to look at this. And if you know what I'm saying, like, just not guys like us who watch and, and do this stuff every single weekend. But the people that are on Vegas visiting and West Virginia's playing today. Well, they're at home. About, I don't know about more than play. Texas. Like, I yeah. don't know about in a game more than Texas. Texas is probably a little more popular. And, and like, I, I get the point you're hitting. At. You're right. We, we, we spent a lot of time. Like, Huggy Bear, West Virginia, home. Oh, three points. I got to take that. The only thing is, is that if that was wrong, there would be a couple really sharp big betters that would immediately Hammering. move that line to six. You know what I mean? Like they would come in a, yeah. right away. They'd hammer Texas and that thing would move three points immediately. And the fact that it's still right there at three is it is interesting. Just don't be well, shocked. And, and, and not and not to take away from anything else, but like, look, I, I don't like regard, um, 
relying on any team where Devin Askew's the point guard either. So, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a. This is a fun slate just for discussion purposes. So, like we spent a good amount on Purdue, Michigan, Kentucky, Arkansas. The games are intriguing. We got another one here in Auburn, Tennessee. You've got Tennessee, who's fourteen and zero at home. They are a three and a half point favorite. Is this still pretty close to what it is right now? This was a uh, on on openers last night. And yeah, yeah, go. I'll look at it, but uh, I think I had it at three. So yeah. Now the talking point on Auburn side is the big man who's really starting to develop. Walker Kessler, seven one, eight blocks in his last game. Over the last month, he's had he's been averaging six point six blocks a game in the in the last month, which is just nuts, and. So you have an Auburn team that's still hoping for a, a one seed. We talked about Kentucky and Arkansas and how they are teams in the SEC that are trying to move up their positioning in the tournament. Well, we've got two teams here in a couple really important SEC games this weekend. Eric, Auburn, Tennessee. Tennessee with a three-and-a-half point favorite at home here over under just under 140. Um, I didn't play anything in the game. I yeah. Not a fan of either one of these teams. I look forward to fading them once the tournament starts. If I were to play something, I think I'd play the over just because both teams are really good defensively. I think they're both teams are going to look to get out and run, try to get some stuff in transition. So I play the over, but I, I ended up passing on this. Yeah, no, this seems pretty accurate to me. It felt like I think Tennessee should be a slight favorite at home in here. Um, Auburn overall might be the better team, but Tennessee is really, really good at home. Beho, Auburn, Tennessee, any opinion here for two teams that you know pretty well? Well, of course. <laughs> Me without an opinion? Come on, yeah. man. <laughs> um, yeah, so again, the thing that scares me the most about this game is Tennessee's record at home. They have been absolutely unbeatable. And Thompson Bowling, that place, I mean, look, Auburn's coming to town. Place should be rocking today. Uh, man, you mentioned Kessler. But guys, Jabari Smith. How good is this guy right now? I mean, he's got to be the number one pick, right? As of right now. Are, are, are we at the point where I, I think he's past Ben Caro and, and he's got to be number one? Um, the line is down to three now. Um, so it's only a half point tick down. I just think we're getting this, – this line is because Tennessee's undefeated at home. And they very well may beat Auburn today. But again, I'm trying to find a little value in it. I don't want the points. I'll take the plus money on Auburn on the uh, the money line. Don't forget, Bruce Pearl was was once Tennessee's coach and wasn't happy with the way things ended. So at least he's got a little angle to want to beat the piss out of him today. I think he, you know, he's had this game circled on his calendar. He circles a couple games a year: Kentucky and Tennessee. So. I'm, I'm just going to hope Auburn goes in and plays well. It's, it should be a back-and-forth affair. I don't see either team getting away at any point in this game. It's going to come right down to the wire. And so uh, I'm going to take Auburn on the money line at the plus money. Yeah, a couple games that he circles are uh, close to the local jails where he can get nice views <laughs> outside in, in case he may have to go in there for yeah. all of the dirty stuff that this coach gets his hands into. Gentry, <laughs> Auburn, Tennessee. Well, once upon a time when Bruce Pearl was at Tennessee, it was Pat Summit Day for the women's team, and he comes out there in the pregame for the sports center or the college game day crew and all this stuff, and he's shirtless, he's painted orange, and he's 
that's what I'm wanting to see today. I want to see that Bruce Pearl, but have like navy blue writing on his chest with, with the orange, because you know I, you know, him dressing up like the Great Pumpkin uh, would scare the hell out of me. And 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 if that's how you got to beat Tennessee, that's how you got to beat Tennessee. Um, you know, their colors are retarded anyway. You can go to jail. You can go to clean the roads. You can go, but and then you can go to work, and then you can go to the game. It's all, it's all great. You know, whatever that joke is about Tennessee colors, it's, it's disastrous. Uh, Don't forget hunting. Don't forget hunting. Hunting is the one I left out. Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> correct. Um, you know, you mentioned Tennessee at home, though, right? I mean, they are pretty solid at home, but I feel like Beho, in a way, I feel like that streak's gonna snap. They're not going undefeated at home. I don't think they're that good. I don't think Rick Barnes is that good of a coach. I, I never have. <laughs> I mean, when you can't do well in the NCAA tournament with Kevin Durant on your team at Texas, next job, next career path. That, that's what I would have done. Know, if, if I couldn't win know, with Durant, I'm know, beat, done. You know, beat Kevin Durant that year. Nick Young Who's and USC. Nick Young and USC. Good. Good. It was actually well, Daniel Hackett who shut down Kevin Durant, he played incredible defense on him, and he had a really good game. So, fight on for my Trojans. They had a, a good run that year, taking out Durant. Um, yeah, couple big games. Well, that that was that was nice, but that that kind of set the tone for me looking at Rick Barnes until now. And because of that, I'm taking Auburn. I, I have I have an unhealthy just hatred for Rick Barnes as well. Yeah, twenty minus like for Pearl. Do you know well, uh, well nobody was well, Pearl but yeah. Rick Barnes is Pearl and I go way back. When yeah. I was going to college at Kentucky Wesleyan in the late 90s right at the oh. turn to 2000, he was the head coach at USI which was our biggest rival and we were always number 1 and number 2 in the country in division 2 and he and Ray Harper who's now what Jacksonville State or something, the two biggest crooks ever coaching against each other. It it, it, it was crazy. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, Rick Barnes irritates me because every time a coaching job comes open, he always seems to say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not taking that job, even though he never interviewed for it. He never got offered a job. He just automatically takes his name out and that irritates me for some reason. Big, huge day in the SEC. We can see a lot of movement, and we can see some some of these teams really jump up. Like Kentucky and Auburn winning today, that would really help their cases for a, a number one line with uh, just a few games left in the year and conference tournaments coming up soon. We get to the, the next two games. We have big favorites on the road. Um, I don't really have a play in this game, but this number's moved already quite a bit. I think it's it, it tickled it tricked down, uh, right? Is it is this to move a couple points already? Um, UCLA they were a fifteen point favorite on the road. I'm looking it up right now for you. They they shot four for twenty four from three, and the one thing I didn't I never realized with UCLA um, until uh, diving into them the other day, they they are one of the worst teams uh, in the nation as far as. Um, just the amount of threes they shoot. They just don't shoot the three at all. And they're not very good at it. They average under seven threes made a game. Juzang was out in the second half last game. They only attempted 10 free throws, I think. So, I mean, this this feels like sort of a get-right game for them because Oregon State, they should have beat USC. 
They should have beat USC. USC played so bad. Oregon State is one of the worst teams in the nation, and they had SC beat multiple times. They lost in double overtime. It was one of the crazier games you'll see because uh, Davis from Oregon State, he scored 24 points in the final seven minutes of the game and then the overtimes. I, I don't recall seeing a player who is just like your average player just go absolutely nuts and – they were switching guys on him. They couldn't defend him. Um, UCLA's not playing very well right now. I know they've become a team that a lot of people might want to fade in the tournament. They're just not, you know, and then you start to dig into them. And remember, they were the first four team last year. They almost lost the first game to Michigan State in the first four before they went on their run. I wouldn't want to lay points with UCLA here. Anybody have an opinion in this UCLA-Oregon uh, game here with, with UCLA as a big favorite on the road? I mean, I take Oregon State. Um, yeah. UCLA has some key injuries. I don't think they're that good this year. Um, no. Also, they have a quick turnaround. They play Washington, I believe, on Tuesday or Monday. So yep. if they get up early, why are you going to risk anything? Um, you said about uh, – God, what's that kid's name? Yuzang. Yuzang. I mean, he didn't look right. didn't play the second half. I'd play Oregon State or just sit it out. 13 and a half is where it's at right now. How about you, uh, Biho? I don't really have an opinion on the game. I do have an opinion about Johnny Juzang, though. Um, when your best player couldn't handle the spotlight and had to had to go home because he's homesick, it, it worries me. Like, if that's your guy you're relying on, when the spotlight turns on in the NCAA tournament, is he going to be ready to go, you know, when it, when it comes down to it? I'm not touching this game because UCLA just seems – back and forth they kind of seem like they belong in the big 12 for me like you know sometimes they look great and sometimes they look terrible i'll uh i'll sit it out because i can't ever take points on a three-win team i feel like gentry's well, touched a few beavers in his day uh any oregon state for you <laughs> oh, one one well leave it at one for now she's oogling me <laughs> like um anyway uh no but i my thing i I would probably lean Oregon State with them being at home and this being our biggest number on the board. Well, I guess it's down to 14 is what I have it at. But, 13 uh, and a half. Yeah, it's, it's still the biggest number on our, our list of games. Uh, if you're looking for a good dog to take, I'd say this is good. Um, yeah. UCLA, like you all said, is, they've not been playing well. Juzang's been a little dinged up. Tiger, uh, their point guard, uh, he's yeah. been dinged up. Campbell, yeah. Um, you know, it's – Went on the road without your guards playing in top form is, is tough enough. Covering 15, 13 and a half is, you know, even harder. Um, so I'd probably lean Oregon State. But getting to what B.O. was saying about Juzang, I wouldn't say he can't handle the spotlight. He looked pretty good in the NCAA tournament last year, as I remember. So, I, you know, it's – Yeah, he, he was drunk. Yeah, yeah he, <laughs> was. he was. <laughs> he was on cloud nine hitting everything. He was high sailing, baby. He was, he was nice. Just in case anybody's out in the Oregon area and wants to go to the game, it looks like you can get tickets for four dollars yeah. to watch UCLA <laughs> play. Like, can you imagine that? I mean, I feel like this would be a game where people, even if Oregon State's not good, like they're like, "Oh, UCLA's in town. Let's go get crazy." Absolutely. Absolutely. And meanwhile, and let me cheapest say, ticket in Kentucky, Arkansas, one hundred and forty-three dollars. And when you go through the teams that are really bad in the throughout the country, Oregon, Oregon State. State but they don't look like it when they play, right? I mean, they like you look at a lot of their metrics. They've got two or three guys on their team that are players that were actually on the team that made it to the Elite Eight last year. So you watch them, like Lucas is super competent. The guy Davis is super competent. 
but they're yeah. just not, like they're not very good. It's just one of those years where they have like they've had some games that they should have won that they blew. Well, they're many, not good in any sense, yeah. but they have talent. They have two or three guys on the court that don't feel like they're players on a team that's one of the three hundred and below teams in college basketball. It doesn't, you know, you see some of those bad teams and they don't really have anyone that can even move the ball. They don't have a guy that can hit you 20 or anything like that. There are actually some players on this team um, for a team that's going to be a huge dog at home. So maybe what's crazy to- too, man, is, is in this, in this era of, of transfer portal, man, like, those guys are going to get out of there as quick as possible after this, if they want yeah. to stay in college. I mean, they'll be they gone. Go this, team's, Honestly, this team could two. be worse next year. Yeah, they have two guys that are capable NCAA players that could go transfer somewhere else and help. Eric, we've got Murray State trying to go undefeated in the regular season in their conference. Murray. They're trying to become the sixth team in 74 years to go unbeaten in the conference. And they're going to be the first team to go undefeated in an 18-game format if they get the win here. Sometimes it's not all that great to go undefeated through the conference, right? You want to get that loss out of the way before the conference tournament. I don't, I don't know a whole lot about Southeast Missouri State, but I would, at under double digits, probably not want to lay this with Murray State on the road here. I really want to play Southeast Missouri State, but at the end of the day, I just don't trust them on the defensive ends because they're really really bad on the defensive end senior day Murray state just came out an ass whipping of Belmont 76 to 43 and second like time they locked it up yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. they really I don't know I really want to take them but I just don't trust southeast Missouri state to play with good enough D to stay within the number yeah on paper like it feels like a great spot to want to take southeast Missouri state uh, Gentry or Beho, do we think Murray State gets beat today, or did this game stay close, or is this just the well, game? Well, I'm I've I've dabbled with picking against Murray State a couple times this season, and neither time that has worked. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't do it here. You know, the first Belmont game, I, I took Belmont, and they got beat at Belmont by you know Belmont lost on their home floor by twenty something, and it was like the line was five. And it was just like, oh, ouch. Okay. So, you know, you look at 11, but it's Southeast Missouri State, not Belmont, who I don't think is as good as Belmont. You know, my heart would tell me to take Southeast Missouri State at home. But, no, after what I've seen from Murray State all year, I'd, if I take anything, I'd take Murray State. Beho, uh, they're up to number 19 in the nation right now, and every win they stack will help their, you know, them seeding-wise. They don't want to lose – a bad game here. Cause that'll just kind of hurt where they end up uh, being positioned in, in tournament time. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not touching the number. I'll tell you that now. Like it, it, it is what it is there. However, I'm looking at the under here. Both of these teams played, uh, let's see um, earlier this week, or I guess last week uh, they, Simo uh, played, Moorhead, then went UT Martin, but they played on the 24th, so they only got one day off. That's a little tough turnaround, and I know in COVID times they're starting to get more used to it. I'm hoping for some tired legs here. I'm going to take the under 149.5 here and hope that we see some tired legs and just uh, don't make the jumpers late in the the game. 
under for Beho as we head to the top two winningest coaches in Division One men's basketball. They will be mentioning this, I'm sure, a lot of times throughout the day on this broadcast. Duke 15-11-2 against the spread. They've won 10 of their last 11. You got a Syracuse team who is above 500 in conference right now. They, they're they missing a key player, though. I think I saw that, I think, eight like 80 plus percent of their points were scored by Bayheim sons uh, in their last game. And I don't know if that's going to get the job done in a situation against Duke. So I, I mean, I'd like to play Syracuse at home in this spot because of all the coach K buzz. And because of all of this, I don't know if I can get there, Eric, can you get to Syracuse at home in here? Plus the points. I really want to, but with the way they play with a two, three zone and Duke in conference play is getting, offensive rebounds on 33% of misses, which is an insane number. I just don't think Hughes is going to be able to take them off the glass and rebound enough. So this is a pass for me as much as I want to take Hughes just because I'm worried about the rebounding. Beho, Duke-Syracuse. Yeah, again, this Syracuse team, it's really interesting to me. You know, they've been known forever since Bayham's there for this, this zone defense that they play that just shuts opponents down and takes them far into the tournament with less talent. But, guys, I, I'm sure you all have watched them this year. This ain't the same zone. Like, it's not near as no. good as it usually is. And with that being said, I think this is a team, if they do get into the NCAA tournament, people will pick them just because they're like, oh, Syracuse. They, uh, you know, they usually make a little run with their zone, but they hadn't watched a Syracuse game all year. I don't trust them here. I think yeah. Duke rolls. I'm taking Duke laying the seven. Yeah. Gentry, yeah. any play here? Well, we've been talking about the zone. Well, the the only way the 2-3 zone works is if you have lengthy players. Well, two of their best players are Bayheims. So, <laughs> what length? There is no yeah. length. So, I, that's why it's not what it normally is. Uh, but that said, they're, I don't think they're anywhere near the talent level of Duke overall, and that's just – you know, I would take Duke over Syracuse probably nine times out of ten this year, depending on the, you know, the situation of the schedules uh, for each team. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not taking Syracuse today. That's – that'd be stay cool. away. Yeah, stay away from me. I, I'm just – I don't think Duke is quite that good, but I don't know if this is the spot to, to play against them. So, yeah, also, it's the whole ACC to me. It's, yeah. it's no, a down not. conference. Yeah. Major, majorly down. As we get to another Big 12 game, Texas Tech on the road at TCU over under in this game, 128. We have Texas Tech with a couple of big road wins this year. They've got wins at Texas and at Baylor. But you have a TCU team that gets home that really is desperate for a win. But they're playing their fourth game in 10 nights. They're 14-9-3 against the spread this year. I don't really have a strong opinion on this one. Beho, Texas Tech kind of quietly, they're all the way up to uh, inside the top 10 now in the nation, um, any play here? Yeah, uh, you know, typically Big 12, I'm out. But I saw a spot here that I really like. Um, TCU has been free-falling. Uh, you know, they were playing really good. What They've lost four of their last five. But the thing that sets it off for me is third game in five days. That is really tough on yeah. anybody. This number, to me, this number is not big enough to, to – represent the third game in five days i'm gonna take 
Texas Tech, and I'm going to lay the five and a half here, which means you probably should fade me because I don't know that I've hit a Big 12 game outside of Kansas or fading West Virginia all year. Gentry, Texas Tech, TCU. Yeah, this is not a game that I circled, quite frankly. I, You know, a lot of it's because of what B.O. was talking about with the schedule for TCU, uh, just a lot of games in a condensed time frame. And, you know, it. my, my worry, though, is TCU does play – they get up at home, you know. It's they've lost a bunch, but they've lost to some decent teams uh, recently. So it's kind of like, well, okay. Now they get Texas Tech, but Texas Tech, you know, they've kind of been, you know, outside of Kansas and Baylor. You know, they're the they're the next team. You know, if if, if I'm talking Big Twelve, so uh, it's hard to really bet against them with the line being five five and a half or whatever it is now. But it's. Uh, you know, I, I, for all that, that's much why I just decided to. There's reasons to take both sides. I just couldn't pick one. So that is uh, a little later on. Texas Tech, TCU. We head to Wisconsin. Rutgers. Rutgers is one of the more fascinating teams in the country because they can beat anybody. It doesn't even. They can beat anybody at home or on the road, and then they can just throw in absolute clunkers. When you look at their like their resume. Rutgers has five, they're five and four in quad one. They're three and four in quad two. They're two and two in quad three. They're six and one in quad four. So they even have a quad four loss. So just to give you an idea, but they have five quad one wins. And and they've had a lot of those wins recently. In fact, they handled Wisconsin pretty easily at Wisconsin just a few weeks back. Now Wisconsin's tied for the big 10 lead with Purdue and Rutgers is 13-2 and two at home this year. This game is tight. I mean, I sort of like Rutgers in this spot, and I've been talking about how I'm not all that high on Wisconsin as a team that's, you know, they're 13th right now in the nation. I don't think they're really a top 20-ish sort of team. They feel like a team that I'm going to want to attack come tournament time. Wisconsin, Rutgers, any play in this game for you, Eric? You know, I really liked Rutgers here. I had the spot circled. Um game opened up at one and a half but I was late to the party it's all the way up to minus two and a half now and I'm not about playing bad numbers so I'm passing on this Rutgers is six and oh at the rack versus top 35 Ken Palm team so they're really getting it done at home and Wisconsin really struggles if Davis can't score McConnell held them to 11 points I really think Wisconsin is going to be struggling to score because Davis isn't going to be able to go into to my against McConnell but you know I missed the number so I'm passing Rut, uh, Rutgers, Wisconsin, Gentry, any play here? Well, I can't physically watch Wisconsin play basketball, so I tend to avoid betting on them at all costs. So <laughs> it's just – it's brutal. It's, you know, there, there's a few teams like that in college basketball. They're one of them for me. Uh, you know, if I had to take a side, I mean, the odds makers say, say Rutgers. I'll uh, – you know, I haven't watched a whole lot of Rutgers basketball either. I do recognize their schedule says, you know, what it says. You know, they've beaten some good teams at home, but they've also lost some terrible ones. Uh, you know, it's just it's just a very odd matchup where the number one team or the team tied for first in the conference is coming in as an underdog to a team that lost to a quad four team. Yeah. B.O., uh, anything for you? Yes. Here? So, so I got to credit Eric here. Um, a few weeks ago on the show – they were playing Michigan State. I was going to take Michigan State that day. Eric told me, don't do that. So before it came to me, I just agreed with Eric. Since then, 
I've watched just about every Rutgers game that they played. I I like this team, especially at home. Like yeah. I, I really do like them. I know it sounds crazy. Um, I, I'm all over Rutgers here. I, luckily, I was good enough to get the point and a half. So I, I'm they're, I'm laying the point and a half. They're, and, uh, they're a prime team to be like a ten seed in the tournament and win a game. Yeah, but Absolutely. not like. And then put a scare into like a number two seed, but lose. They're just not consistent enough to win three or four games in a row against yeah, really good teams. It, it, it's one of those things. They're going to be one of the sweetheart upsets in the first round. I they think will. they'll be and, like, and, a and they can, and, and they may roll that first game and and could go a couple. They yeah. could also lose the first game by twenty. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> they're they a team where in like situationally, I don't ever really want to be laying points with them. But I, I don't mind them at all as a dog in spots. And in this spot, like Eric was saying, you know, you don't want to get to the point where you're laying three or four. You're giving all these points away with them. But yeah. and it's and it's a pick em situation. Like if you were able to to get this number at open, I'd, I'd like Rutgers in here. But I wouldn't want to I don't want to want to be in a situation where you're up to like three, you know, and yeah. Out. And, and I think their matchup at the tournament and I'm, I'm sure we'll get into this once selection Sunday puts them in or whatever. But like. Let's say they were a seven ten, and Arkansas is the seven seed. You know, around there, like an athletic team like an Arkansas would scare me to to just roll Rutgers. But if yeah. they get one of these teams that you know kind of plays big tennis, I think they could easily win the game. Yeah, that is uh, Wisconsin Rutgers. We now head to South Carolina, Alabama. Alabama. Bama is a 10 plus point favorite here. Now I locked in South Carolina right away on this spot. Um, mainly because I think Alabama is the better team, but we've seen with Alabama, they are very Jekyll and Hyde. I think South Carolina will get up for this game. They're playing pretty well. They're one four in a row and they actually are tied in the conference right now. South Carolina has the same conference record that Alabama has, which is something that we've, Probably wouldn't have thought at first glance. Alabama this year, they are 9-18-1 against the spread. They're a miserable ATS team. Mm -hmm. So, do they win this game? I think so. But could they win this game by five? That's what I'm banking on. I think that's too many points in, in, in this game for an Alabama team that I don't want to trust being that big of a favorite. Uh, Eric, Car South Carolina, Bama. I mean, the book's kind of out on Bama. They are one for their last 15 covering the spread as a favorite. As a dog, I mean, all of us have been taking them as a dog. South Carolina's been playing great, as you said. They've won four in a row. During that stretch, they're shooting close to 50%. Um, I've won two South Carolina bets in the row. You know, they, they covered for me against LSU and Mississippi State. But, you know, I just I can't go three with this Frank Martin team. I mean, I, I really feel like the shooting regression is going to come back more to their norm where they're at 42% for the season. And who did they just play that went 0 for 14 from three? Uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Yeah. So, and that's the thing where you could play great defense, but if they hit three threes, the game's yeah. a little bit different. Are you going to play another opponent that's going to go 0 for 15 from three? Probably not. Yeah, I mean, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, bald Frank Martin yelling at people, that would scare the hell out of me. I mean, if I'm yeah. sacrificed, I'm like, I'm not shooting anywhere near this guy. He's going to rip my head off. <laughs> Get me away. Uh, yeah. I, 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 uh, yeah, I'm – again, I don't I don't love this number at all. Um, 
South Carolina's kind of sneaky playing yeah, good. They're they on are. a streak here. Uh-huh. Um, Bama is Bama. They haven't covered much of anything. Um, you know, they had the meltdown against Kentucky where they they, they could have won that game and and, and failed. But uh, plus 475 on the money line? I'd sprinkle it. I'd sprinkle it in. I think I I'm going to. I think yeah. just – it, Frank Martin scares the hell out of me, by the way. And yeah. I, I will say this, and, and I know a lot of people were like, oh, I'd love for my son to play for Frank Martin. If Frank Martin dog cussed my son like he dog cusses his players, my son wouldn't be playing there. It's I know. I feel Like there's a difference between being a hard coach and being a prick, and he's a prick. We get to Arizona, Colorado. Now, I locked this game in right away. I think this is a, a this is a great spot for Colorado. Colorado is a really good home team. Colorado's beat Arizona the last four years that they've played in Colorado. And it was just a complete look-ahead loss for Colorado where they got beat by Arizona State the other night. And Arizona State's actually playing pretty well right now in the Pac-12. And Colorado was looking ahead for Arizona. This was a game that they circled. You got the number two team in the nation coming to play you. You're going to get them at home. And Colorado just laid an egg against ASU. Whereas Arizona went on the road, they played really well against Utah. Arizona now, they've got their big game coming up next week. The biggest game left on their schedule is against USC on Tuesday. That's a game that they moved. So for them, they know that if they win, if USC loses today, or if they win that game against USC, they've clinched the conference. They can't lose the Pac-12 regular season. I don't know how much Arizona is going to be up for this game with the next game on on Tuesday coming on deck. I think Colorado is going to play really, really well in here. I locked this game in at 10.5 right away. I'm taking Colorado at home, plus the 10.5 um, against Arizona. Bijo, Arizona, Colorado, any thoughts on this one? Um, the line has trickled down to 9.5, so we're, we're a point the other way now. Um, so a lot of people probably thinking like you're thinking – Guys, I think Arizona Arizona is the best, second best team in the country. They're very good. Kentucky. They're I, really I good. They're, they're incredible. I think I think one of their two losses was at Tennessee, wasn't it? Wasn't that yeah. one of their and at UCLA was the other? So I mean, those are good losses. This team, this team is so good, and I hate taking points against great teams. And I think this is a great team. Um, so I'm going to lay the nine and a half that it is now and, uh, and take the Wildcats. Gentry, anything, Arizona, Colorado for you? Well, when you're comparing Arizona and Kentucky and Gonzaga, I guess, to the rest of college basketball this year, yeah, they probably are the great teams, but I, I kind of mentioned it in a, in a Twitter post I made, there are no great teams. I mean, I'm like sorry. That. Just, I mean, there's there's good basketball teams out there, but there's really about a handful where you sit there and go, yes, I, I think those are – these teams stand out. And I'm not totally sold on Arizona. Uh, I mean, yeah, they won at Tennessee – or, excuse me, they lost to Tennessee, and then they lost to UCLA. Um, but, I, you know, I just don't know what to take from the Pac-12 – um, it seems like teams struggle on the road in the Pac-12. They do, um, it, it, yeah. And and you know Colorado, what you mentioned about them winning four straight years in a row in Colorado against Arizona. 
would suggest that I'm taking Colorado if the, if I'm getting double digits for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now with it I coming down, probably, like I think if these two games didn't happen the other night, it probably would have been closer to like eight. Yeah. But then the other night, Colorado gets beat up at home by Arizona State. Arizona wins big time on the road, and so you end up getting probably two more points built into that. Now it's sort of coming back down. Yeah. Well, earlier in the week, I, I took Oregon over UCLA. Uh, it, or, I believe that's who they played, UCLA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and just you know, that was my pick that I was like focused on. I was like, if you're looking at all these underdogs today, that's the pick right there. Uh, I kind of feel like this could be the case, at least with the, with the line, the, with the points, uh, taking Colorado against Arizona. Eric, anything for you, Arizona, Colorado? Yeah, I locked in Colorado early, too. Got the 10.5 number. Um, I really feel the number's inflated because they did lose to Arizona State. You mentioned how Arizona has USC on deck early in the week on Tuesday. Great look at that spot. And plus, also, the Utah-Colorado back-to-back travel it's because tough. the altitude is really tough. So, you know, I like I like the Buffalo the I like the Buffaloes to cover here. I usually play the like when when they're playing against good teams. I'll always play against the good team the second game. Kind of whoever they're playing, even if it is against Utah or Colorado, because like you said, the same thing sort of happens with the Oregon's Um, Gentry. You were hitting on it. Those three places, like even when Washington's Oregon's and Colorado, Utah aren't very good. Those are really hard places to play at. A lot of it has to do with where they're located, the travel you know, you have to get on these weird buses and then go for like another hour and a half after you fly in there. Guys hmm. get into those arenas and they're just not like physically feeling all that well after what it takes to get there. So, yeah, the Pac-12, whereas sometimes it's not the the like these teams aren't the best one through 12. They do have some strange places to play and some some difficult road environments there as we get to Kansas Baylor, one of the big games on the slate today. Baylor, a three-point favorite at home over-under in this game, 150. Kansas hit 15 three-pointers against KSU in their most recent game. They shot 64% from the field. When these two teams played back on February the 5th, Kansas beat Baylor by 24. Eric, do you have any thoughts on this Kansas-Baylor game? Um, I would lean Baylor here. Uh, Didn't make my card. I look for Baylor to get a little revenge. From the uh, twenty-four point buck kicking they took in uh, in Lawrence, plus um, Kansas, they pretty much wrapped up the Big Twelve. You know, this is going to be a home. They're going yeah. on the road, um, and also what Baylor struggles at, Kansas, I feel doesn't have an interior presence. So, I mean, Baylor here, but no official play for me. We get to Gentry, Kansas, Baylor. Anything for you here? Yeah, I mean, you know, Kansas is the perennial powerhouse of that conference, right? Uh, everybody knows that. It's well documented, um, but Baylor's the champs, right? So it's kind of like you know they're lost early to them, but yeah, I, I you know I kind of agree with Eric. I, I, if I'm taking this, I'd take Baylor, even you know given the three. Uh, but you know a lot of it's also my biased anti Bill selfness. Uh, <laughs> I don't like him outside of the fog at all, uh, and. You know, he's had a couple games this year. Kentucky game is kind of the prime example where it's there's something to be said. His teams don't always give max effort. They just don't. And 
they're good enough to get by a lot of the time, but, um, you know, today they're in for a dogfight because this team wants to beat them badly. And uh, I, that's why I would take Baylor here. Two top 10 teams here, Beho, Kansas, Baylor. They're both hoping to still get a, a possible number one seed in the tournament. Uh, many opinion on this one. Yeah, so I I think you just hit the nail on the head. First off, I don't think Baylor can get there. I don't think they can get to the one line now. I think not, there's yeah. too many teams in front of them. Kansas 100% still has a shot. They can't afford to drop today's game. They drop today's game. I think they fall behind teams like Kentucky, Purdue, the other the other teams that are just – I think there's like four or five teams looking for that last, last couple number one spots. A yep. loss today would really hurt them, I think. Um, so I'm going to take them. I'm not taking the points. I'm taking them on the money line. I, I, I think Kansas wins the game today. Kansas money line there. We get two – God, I really wanted to take Creighton in this game. I really did because uh, I'm not I'm not that high on on Providence. I mean, it, by any metric, Providence is not a good basketball team. They're number 44 in Ken Palm. They're number 28 in Net. They're 31 in Sagarin. They're 40 in BPI. They have the 53rd strength of schedule in the nation. They're just a team that's like stacked up a lot of wins, but they haven't had a whole lot of quality wins. But the problem is. They catch this Creighton team without Ryan Nemhard. You know, he's out, and that's going to hurt them. Uh, they had won six in a row, but now they're going to be missing a key player here. This is a stay away for me, Beho, Creighton, Providence. Any any uh, thoughts on this one for you? Absolutely, because there's one metric you forgot, and that's the luckiest team in the country. I know. Like, that, it's just absurd it how is. lucky they've been. They are. Um, I even tried would to put the love hex to on them as a high seed. I would love to run into them in oh, the tournament. Yeah, um, I tried to put the put the hex on them earlier in I the know. week. I, I, yeah. I, I picked them and said fade me because I haven't won anything. And guess what? They went into like triple overtime and ended up covering. And they still. <laughs> I know. I don't know how. And, and, yeah. and so, so it's absurd. I, I got to. I got to keep rolling with what's hot. They're hot. Give. Give me Providence minus five because they are the luckiest team in the world. If they win this game, Gentry, it'll be their first ever Big East regular season conference game, now, a conference title. Now, they they could, again, like BL said, get a little bit lucky because they're only going to have to play 17 conference games this year, whereas some of the other teams will have to play 20, but they had a few that got canceled, so they may end up winning the, the conference based on percentage points. Any thoughts on Creighton-Providence? Well, I was wanting Creighton as well. And when, when I heard Nimhard was out, that kind of changed everything. Probably a stay away. I mean, it's hard for me to take a team that went into triple overtime just two nights ago. Or what they was covered. it? Lindsay? And they yeah. did cover. I had them. I was they should have won it in double overtime. Well, they should have won it in regular. Hell, they had every chance in the world to win it, and then they they just kept going and going. So I, I don't like their legs, quite frankly, in this game, but um, which is why I wanted to take Creighton. But if Creighton's one of the, their best players is out, it's it's that's a yeah. tough spot on the road. Eric, Providence, Creighton. I I did it. I took Creighton plus the five and a half. I got him at plus 95 on the money line. Great situational spot. You're feeding a Providence team, which Gentry says coming off a three overtime victory. Their legs have to be shot. They just played a couple days ago. Also, you guys mentioned they're playing for the Big East round. You know, they need to win this game to win the Big East. If they don't win the win this game, they have Providence, not Providence, excuse me, Villanova on deck. So, I mean, just a great situational spot. All the pressure in the world is on Providence to get this done. 
you look at Creighton, you know, they've won, I know, you know, they're missing a guy, but they've won six straight games and they're just doing a great job of moving the ball around and getting open looks and not going pure ISO like they did at the beginning of the year. With that, you know, their field goal and their three point shooting have improved. And then Brian mentioned it Providence has gotten every single effing right. bounce in the world. Everyone, I mean, everyone. You know, regression's going to hit and I think it hits today. You know, I just I'm I'm gonna fade this team, and you know I'm just gonna continue to fade them because I I'm not a believer in them. So I'm I'm on creating plus the five and a half and plus the one ninety five. Two West Coast games to end our slate. First up, we've got Gonzaga at St. Mary's. Now, I gotta be honest, like I don't understand how all of these teams in the in the WCC are still getting projected to be so high and like tournament team. Like, how do we know what St. Mary's or San Francisco is? Honestly, I don't. I don't. And so how are they top 25 teams? Or like, how is St. Mary's a ranked team? How is San Francisco a team that on like metrics, like in Ken Palm, they're in the twenties. How is San Francisco like a 25th Ken Palm team? It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever based on what now, I mean, St. Mary's, they got a home game against Gonzaga here. Gonzaga probably wins this game by double digits. I mean, this is one of Gonzaga's tougher games of the year, but St. Mary's has a very good defense. I just, I don't know how good these teams are. And I think they get the bump because Gonzaga just beats the crap out of everybody else. So they all get a little bit of a boost because Gonzaga's metrics are like, you can't even build models for teams like Gonzaga when they beat teams by 30 because it's like they're, they're off the grid. Um, Beho, I mean, I don't really have a play in here. It just it frustrates me because I sort of look around at my team like I'm a USC fan, you know, and I'm looking at where they stack up, and it's like USC they beat, you know, they they'll win games on the road, and then all of a sudden they're like 30 Ken Palm, and St. Mary's and San Francisco are in the 20s. I'm like, I don't, I'm not saying USC is a top team. I just don't know how these teams. Have better have better resumes than them. It makes it crazy for me. Yeah, it's it's oh, almost yeah. like just because they play Gonzaga, regardless of what happens, they move up. I know in Ken Palm just because they've played Gonzaga, it, it is crazy. Um, and and again, I'll say death taxes and Gonzaga covers. So um, yeah. this is an expensive ticket today. One thing I I do look at that stuff. That's one of the things I look at in in games especially road games where there's big favorites coming to town, $148 to get in the building today at St. Mary's. Like that's Ooh. pretty high. So yeah, you expect a raucous crowd for that. But again, Gonzaga's too much. They'll win this game. Uh, I think they'll cover and St. Mary's will move up 10 spots in Ken Palm. Eric, can, can St. Mary's cover this game? I just don't think they can score enough. I mean, you like I agree with you. You know, they're a great defensive team, but at the end of the day, they struggle when teams get out and run against them, and they struggle scoring. So I just, I just don't trust them. So I would play. Yeah, Gentry. Well, Eric mentioned they're a great defensive team, but the thing is, who they who've they played? You know, it's like I don't know what to make of a team in the West Coast Conference's stats, like comparatively speaking, because you're you're comparing them against. Everyone but Gonzaga, mm-hmm. because Gonzaga's way above everybody else, and so then you got to compare them to what, like San Francisco, San Diego, Portland. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, what? I, I, Pepperdine, <laughs> yes. Back in the day when uh, what's his name, the coach in the NBA for a while was Pepperdine's coach. I was like, yes, Pepperdine, and now they're back to being who's Pepperdine. Um, yeah. So, Does anybody that, that's kind of my take on the West Coast Conference in general, though. 
until somebody steps up and beats Gonzaga, I really can't take the rest of that conference serious. They're I just, agree. You know. We do this every year. We want to believe in St. Mary's. We want to believe in what, like BYU or one of these teams that they're going to. It's it's like you get so bored with Gonzaga. Eric and I were talking about this with Giannis the other day. It's like people people don't really talk about Giannis anymore because for about five years they've been really good and he's kind of boring now. But you just sort of look over and it's like, oh damn, this guy has got probably better numbers than he even had last year. You get like fatigued. Yep. So you want to you want to build up an opportunity for someone else to come and take it. But I don't. I just don't know if it's St. Mary's, and I don't know if it's anybody in this conference this year, to be honest. And, and do any of you all actually think Gonzaga is the best team in the country? No. No, I mean, they're they're in the group. They're up there, but they're not. But yeah, I they're, mean, I they're think they're in a group of, of five, five to seven teams yeah. that are really good. But I, I, no. They if they were playing in the SEC, in the Big 12 – in, I don't like even if they were playing in the ACC or Pac-12, which probably aren't as strong top to bottom, but they would catch a lot more of those teams that were difficult games on the road. Like we're talking about games that they were not even expecting someone jumps up and beats you, you know, in the middle of like, your year. And yeah, like, that's, well, that's what I'm saying. Like throw them in the SEC and play that schedule. They're going to yeah. drop a road game or two. They're, They're going to lose them in the ACC. Make them play that schedule. Yeah. And ACC is not even that good, but it's better than West Coast Conference. If they had to play, just look at the Pac-12. The Pac-12 has, I think, three pretty good teams this year, and we're looking at USC, Oregon. If you put them in the Pac-12 and they had to play USC twice, UCLA twice, Arizona twice, and Oregon twice, even. Yeah. They'd, they'd have three to four losses. They'd have, five they'd have three losses. to four losses, at you least. Know? So yeah. that that's, that's the problem is it's so hard to gauge. And then they get a nice draw. They do get a cakewalk into the Sweet 16 every year, and then we have to start. Okay, now we can take them. Now we can. What's their their year look like? You know, um, it was like how the Patriots would get those, win the division, get a bye every year, yeah. and you know, first round, and then they're right in. But it was so hard to kind of take them serious. You don't know really how good they are because of the division where they were playing. Huge game for the Trojans as uh, they've got Arizona coming up on Tuesday. If I were to say that the games I would have been the most convinced USC was going to lose this year, this would have been one of them. Um, they any they do not play well at Oregon ever. What I do like about the, the spot is that Oregon just beat UCLA and USC played about as poorly as you could play in a double overtime game, and they got away with the game that they should have lost. So I think, it's, you know, no excuses for USC in this spot. And they are a dog here, um, which is nice, but I'm staying away. I would not be shocked if Oregon wins this game. They beat USC by 10 earlier in the year at home. And to be honest, the only game this year that USC – I love that fight on. That's been a sustained fight on for a while. The only game that USC this year has actually got beat up was against Oregon. Every other game they were in, they blew the game against Arizona. And the two games against Stanford, they spit those games out. They should be able to win this game, but I'm not playing it. As a USC fan, it scares the hell out of me. I'm concerned that USC could actually – they have this game, Arizona, and UCLA still left. Like They could have three losses to end the year, but this game – this game in this spot, if I had to, I'd lean USC. I'm not going to do it with my money, but if I had to, I do think that with what we saw on Thursday actually bodes pretty well for them. If UCLA had lost to Oregon – I probably wouldn't like, or if Oregon had lost to UCLA, 
I probably wouldn't like them in this spot. But Biho, you're fighting on. You think the Trojans get the job done today? Buddy, you got to have some faith at some point. This is a good, oh, yeah. good team you've got. Great defense. Or yeah. you're coming off a very emotional win against UCLA. The fighting Gino Bacolas are going to go Love into it. Oregon and run roughshod on those sorry ass ducks that show up once a week or a month. I don't know. Give me the Trojans and a runaway today. Money line, baby. Woo. <laughs> Eric, final game, USC, Oregon. Any opinion on this one? Hell, I'll pull up the sword, Gino. Oh, he's got the sword. Drew McIntyre over there. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't trust either team just to be honest with you i don't know if the, the ducks are going to be able to keep usc off the glass when Dante that got me going that got me going i love well, we just get all crazy and eric's like yeah i just don't like either team <laughs> well, i'm sorry i don't share your all totally pissed uh, on all of us there <laughs> And then with USC, I mean, they can't shoot three throws. So if the game's close or if they have a lead, I mean, they're 327th nationally shooting three throws, so they can allow teams to get back in. And basketball today is all about spacing. They don't shoot threes, so they can allow, teams can pack the interior. So, I mean, there's too many questions on both teams, so I'm just I'm just sending this one out. That was, Eric, you, you honestly, you hit the reason why USC won their last game, uh, the game that they should have lost against Oregon State. And that would that actually kind of gave me a little bit of confidence in just this team as a team overall. In that game, they shot 21 of 25 from the free throw line. USC did. In a game they won in double overtime. They shot 87% from the free throw line. And Eric just pointed out they're one of the worst free throw teams in the nation. If they just shoot 18 for 25 there, they lose that game. So that was one of those things where maybe that was just one of the, maybe this is supposed to be a good year for them, right? That's a game that they may, they probably lose based on the metrics, based on the numbers. If they just shoot to their normal free throw percentage, uh, Gentry close us out here. Anything with the, with the ducks, are you quacking or you got the sword, you're pulling out the sword and you're fighting on like Beho. Well, after your all's uh, rendition of the USC fight song and <laughs> Beho sword, I'm scared to say what I'm going to say, but uh, uh, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm taking the quackers. I'm quack, taking quack, quack, quack. I, I think, you know, this is a situation for them where it's like, look, everybody's talking about Arizona, UCLA, USC. Well, we're beating these teams and nobody's giving us any respect. So I, I feel like even with the short turnaround, it's it's a game they can get at home. So I'm going to go ahead and take them uh, uh, minus the one and a half. Folks, we're about to end our show, but when we end, we're going to go LARPing afterwards. Let's do this. little live action role play. Get your swords. Get everything. And we will go at it. Tis with the flesh wound. Trojans versus ducks in a real fight. I'm taking the Trojans every day of the week. Yeah, we've, we've gone down this road with hobos and, and bears. We're, yeah. not <laughs> this is a podcast for another, uh, another time, but as, uh, oh. as Biho sort of talked about at the beginning over the next few weeks, folks, we're going to have a lot of cutting nets with conference tournaments coming up with NCAA tournament coming up. We're going to go live in the morning to do previews every day of the, of the NCAA tournament. So those first four days when there's 16 games, they start back on Thursday again this year. The schedule last year was a little bit different. They were Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. This year they're back to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for those those first four days. We will be live on a couple of the last days of the conference tournaments too. So when the, a lot of the big conference tournaments are rolling, 
usually like those Thursday, Friday, Saturday, maybe even Sunday we'll go through. We'll probably do something on Selection Sunday too. BTV, better than Vegas. We're going to be your home for March Madness over the next few weeks. Flip those notifications on, and we will be very happy to be keeping you updated as everything going on in uh, in college basketball. Good luck today. Big games all around the country. Good luck to Kentucky. For you, Beho. For you, Gentry. Eric, good luck in all of your plays. Those of you who are fans of basketball, tomorrow morning, we will be, uh, actually, I guess, afternoon for many of you. We're going to have a new NBA show that we will be debuting. We're going to go twice a week. Our first edition will be tomorrow. Eric's going to join me. I believe Kyle, also DFS Bachelor, is going to be a part of the show. We're going to preview the big Sunday game, whatever the marquee Sunday game is. There's always that 3.30 marquee NBA game. And then we'll talk a little bit about the rest of the games on the slate if we have any other plays. So we'll get you some props. We'll get you some plays. I think it's tomorrow. Uh, I think it's Jazz Suns, the yep. uh, 3.30 game. So that should be a very good Booker. game. No CP3. Booker is going to be one that we're going to be talking a lot about without CP3. He's going to really have to carry them for the next six weeks or so. Have a beautiful Saturday, everyone. There's so much action out there all over the place. Good luck, Beho, Gentry, Eric. Good luck to everyone out there. Flip on those notifications. for BT. Hey, one, 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 one last thing, Gino. I, I don't even think you know about it yet, but all of these are starting to go onto Apple Podcasts directly after awesome. the show. So you can go to Apple Podcasts, search Better Than Vegas, subscribe to that, and you'll get all of our shows. Perfect. So if you're someone who's a little, uh, more interested in the audio, we're going to have that option for you now moving forward. You can just flip these on while you're driving around, while you're getting your uh, your laundry done throughout the day, see how everybody feels, and then you can get your wagers in. Good luck, folks. Uh, another awesome college basketball Saturday coming up. Go Cats.